I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello there, and welcome to the Untitled Film Podcast. I feel like you're not trying with, with these voices Johnny. anymore. <laughs> I, I think this this quite low effort. It's just you used to do all these kind of weird, strange voices, and now it's just like I'm going to be a little bit weird, go up a bit and go down a bit. Like Last that. week you might not do anything. Sometimes you might not do too much. Sometimes you might not too loud. There is a sweet spot. Well, you're you're, la- you're losing it, man. There's a sweet spot with hosting a podcast as well something you've yet to find are you going to threaten me with replacing me with dog brain again because um, it's not happened I'm, I'm still waiting <laughs> now, the thing about threats well I'm is, seeing dog brain tonight so the thing about threats is you've got to carry them through I'm seeing dog brain tonight so we'll have a discussion about that oh I'm sure he'd love coming down to Folkestone every week or you know even do doing it remotely he'd even doing it. it remotely yeah love it. anyway I still wait <laughs> I am irreplaceable. <laughs> I'm invincible. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome to this episode of the podcast. Uh, this is our Halloween episode, and as we like to call it, it's the death of people's careers. We did have a Halloween episode planned, but timings and what have you got in the way, and we were going to watch um, some horror movies, but it just kind of everything came ahead at once so we're doing another very special episode and we're going to have a lot of fun with it yeah i'm quite enjoying these very special episodes me too I, I like the banter i like the sort of more rhythmic sort of thing so yeah um you might see more of these going into the new year um the next one depending on what we decide to do may be a very special episode as well certainly be an international one but that's another story you can yes. hear about that in the future we will um but no welcome to this week's episode so the world we are going to be talking about celebrities who you're like oh this guy is going to be the next big th- or, or or lady is going to be the next 
big thing in Hollywood and everyone's like, oh, he's going to be in a big blockbuster and he's just like won an independent spirit award. Ten years later. You remember that guy who was in that movie? Oh, um... So I like to call it the movie stars that never were. The movie stars that never were, indeed. Title. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm going to start us off. So my first person is Emil Hirsch. Oh, wait, I order. He's also <laughs> one of mine. No, it's not really. It's actually Callum's. You can start us off with Emil Hirsch. Okay. So Emil Hirsch, <laughs> as uh, Johnny said. I just it, knew you'd do that one. Mid to late 2000s, he was one of those guys that was being talked about in the same breath as someone like Leonardo DiCaprio or someone like that. He was in Into the Wild, the Sean Penn film, got him a lot of critical acclaim. Um, Lords of Dogtown. He was in like a slew of those edgy teen boy movies that also would have uh, Justin Timberlake or one of the other guys around. Um, yeah, Justin Timberlake, that edgy guy. Yeah, exactly. He tried to recreate himself, although he's not faring too well after Britney Spears' autobiography. But anyway, that's a tangent. Um, and then it all went wrong. And I remember the, the, this person is actually the, the inspiration for this topic because I remember about a year or so ago, I found myself thinking, what the hell happened to Emile Hirsch? Better Google him. Do, 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 do. Attacked and assaulted a woman at the Sundance Film Festival in 2015. Oh, oh dear. Because um, I, That's still quite late, though. I feel like his career was already pretty waning yeah, at that point. I, I did think that, too, because I was looking today, and I assumed it must have been earlier, but he'd already been in some straight-to-video. But I think what we're seeing is Hollywood will tolerate a lot, but if you misbehave on set or if you're not a very nice person, they do quietly shuffle away a career because... Mm. Um, I do wonder if maybe he wasn't great on set. Exactly. So um, recently, they're still in the rumour mill, but um, Abigail Breslin has accused um, uh, of the guy who played uh, the Two-Face in The Dark Knight, whose name's suddenly Aaron Eckhart, um, of not being kind of sexual assault or anything like that, just being a bit of an asshole. And I did wonder, it's been a while since I've seen him in a big movie, and before the he Abigail Breslin thing. He played ourselves very well. I'm before, just going to say he played ourselves exactly. very well. Uh, before the Abigail Breslin thing. And it got me thinking. But before that, I was like, where, where did he go? He's in these kind of straight Amazon movies. What, mm. what the hell happened? He was in a big I blockbuster. I really liked him as yeah, well. Yeah, and like, he was in Thank, Thank You for Smoking. smoking. Yeah, exactly. And, stuff, yeah. and in The Company of Men. He was so, in a big action film as well, wasn't he? He's was like a commander or something. Yes. So he did one of those Liam Neeson-esque films that doesn't star Liam Neeson. So it is kind of a truism. If you're a a nasty piece of work, Hollywood will, as long as your films aren't profitable, they'll so quietly... you get super A-list. Yeah, then exactly. You, then you have to have a bit of a fool. And then when you have the fool like Johnny Depp, yes, like, exactly. they tolerated his alcoholism while he Up was... Up until a point. And yeah. then when he stopped being an A-lister, they go, okay, it's time to cut his strings. But Marlon Brando, Val Kilmer, um, Stephen Seagal, these are all people of a type. You know, different talents, but of a type is that they have a reputation for for bad behavior so they're quietly shuffled away and the bullet really was the Sundance thing that was kind of the last okay we can't put him in anything this is a public thing um so I've uh, picked three actors and I picked them of a type so one is someone who is surrounded by a bit of controversy and shuffled away because of it and this is Emil Hirsch's mine so uh Johnny do you have anything to add to the Emil Hirsch discussion um, I mean, I think personally it was Speed Racer that did it for his career. That was like 2008. That was before... Was it before? Yeah, but what did he do afterwards? That's a Nothing. good question. I might have to IMDB I actually that. have a list here. Where's that? Let's find my list. Because Into the Wild was the big one. Was that 2007 or 8? That was before... 
Certainly before. Because that was 2007, I think, and then Speed Racer was 2008, I think. Uh, Emil Hirsch. I mean, having a big flop to your name and being so an arsehole had... isn't uh, <laughs> helpful. So, Dangerous Love of Altar Boys was 2002. The Emperor Club in the same year. Those sound and like he... the kinds of films where if you're a young, edgy actor, exactly. that's your calling card. Then The Girl Next Door, Imaginary Heroes, Lord of Dogtown. Well, yeah, that was big. one of them. Alpha Dog. That was another one of them. The edgy teen boy yeah. mid-2000s movies. Then Into the Wild, which you got Screen Actors Guild nomination for. So that was his, like, this guy's the next DiCaprio. Uh, then Speed Racer was like, this is going to be the big hit. Big smash hit. Uh... And then afterwards, it was the American actor settled for minor roles in lower-profile projects until the so 2015 it, it event. So didn't it was help. Speed Racer. It certainly didn't help. I mean, having a massive flop to your name we're and being an asshole. $200 million on a movie. <laughs> Only one person wants to see. Although slowly, slowly, slowly getting a few articles written about it. Um, but yes, that's my, uh, my, that's my own example of someone who's apparently a bit of a mean person to be around. And the idea that Hollywood will kind of cut your strings if they think you're getting a bit too big. And if he, if he was an arsehole and he had Speed Racer as a flop, that's a pretty good indication for his agents and whoever else to go, all right, I think we can cut this guy. He's not going to be the next DiCaprio. This isn't one of my three, but kind of Army Hammer, similar things happen to. Like similar thing, he, yeah, definitely. Obviously, they were trying to make him a thing for a long time. They kept giving a him long loads of stuff. Time. And then they were like, oh, well, we can't make him a thing. We've put him in three $200 million movies and it's not working. So then they were like, we're going to make him an indie thing. And then they kind of made him an indie thing. For a bit. For a bit. And then, yeah, what happened happened. It's or... also a thing about white <laughs> privilege. cannibal. White privilege and wealth privilege. Because, yeah. of course, he has both. Because someone was pointing out after the guy that was um, who played Aladdin couldn't get a job for love nor money after being in a billion dollar movie that made loads of money that made loads of money and people saying oh he's shit. not a very good actor well that's not the point um, he's just as handsome and has had a bigger hit than Army Hammer but why is Army Hammer keep getting chances where mm. someone who's uh, Asian can't get work for love nor money after getting a big blockbuster what's the deal here. Uh, so it Although is I actually really, I actually always liked Army Hammer. I thought he always brought something to roles. I thought he's he was quite, quite interesting. interesting. I mean, I do like him in Free Fire, for example. I think he's uh, probably the best in show there in a really good cast. I kind of think if he hadn't done what he did, be a crazy sex pest, um, to say the least. Um, I kind of feel like he could have been a George Clooney esque actor in that, like, okay, they did kind of make George Clooney a thing, but he was never like. He's 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 a list as a person. Everyone knows who George yes. Clooney is. Everyone loves George Clooney, but he was never like a Marvel super. Well, I know he was Batman, but the, the that wasn't example, like the greatest um, Batman was it? He's an a lister amongst kind of older audiences that can get you to a movie that makes a hundred million dollars, mm -hmm. but he's not a billion dollar guy. Yeah. For example, Tomorrowland was just like with George Clooney. It's like oh, that film that none of my kids know who the lead actor is. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's that kind of thing. He can sell you good coffee. Yes, exactly. Shia LaBeouf is also of a similar type, talented, but has his problems and his issues. Mm, I, I feel like Shia LaBeouf's mixed from a talented point of view because he can, he's, he's kind of, he's quite, he would have had a similar career in my opinion to Nicolas Cage. Yes. In that like... Strange, but also yeah, occasionally, occasionally brilliant. Yeah, gold. Yeah. Um, but often not so much, but yeah, obviously he's had his major issues too. So that's, uh, I think, a good discussion, a good uh, kind of um, overview of the kind of the nasty kind of like what happens. Because uh, to kind of bring this home, there was an article I read not so long ago about uh, written from the point of view of someone who ferries around actors 
at uh, like the big festivals mm. and uh, like a handler. And she said there's three types. The very young actors, their first festival, they'll treat you like your best mate. And they'll take selfies with you and invite you to parties because it's all new to them. The old pros will be cold but professional. They'll be polite, but they'll, it's a job. The worst ones, the ones you've really got to look out for, the most kind of nefarious ones, are the ones who've their third festival because they've been, by this point, they've been they've told, been they're, told hot they're hot shit. So they act like they're, they're hot shit. So they bully people. They start to kind of get, and this is the type that's, uh, so uh, Emil Hirsch is the kind of of that ilk and you know it was at a film festival it was a sundance film festival where he assaulted someone and um the only thing he's been able to get of note is um a small role in once upon a time in hollywood which he was all right in he's not he isn't a bad actor certainly but it's not enough yeah fair enough right i have I'm, my first one i'm gonna do a jewel jewel person Ooh, uh. and it's because i kind of think they have the exact same problems sure um the first one is sam worthington oh yes uh and the second one is garrett headland yes um yes both kind of had a bit of indie success not a huge amount but a bit of indie success and then both were just given massive franchise movies uh in the case of um what's his name uh, uh sam? Of sam worthington two yes. massive well, movies. terminator and avatar both of which made well, uh, Terminator. Terminator didn't okay underperform, but it was okay. Yeah, and one that was the biggest movie of all time. Um, and then all I know he's done since is a about five years ago a crime TV show on Netflix. Yes. So uh, and then uh, Garrett Headland. Headland. Um, I think he's done slightly better. He's kind of more um, comfortable on television, it seems, because he was in a. a tv show called tulsa king but still it's a going from the lead of a blockbuster to and garrett headland although i would say with garrett headland apparently he turned down some really big roles really apparently he turned down uh 50 shades of gray okay so did charlie hunnam who could also be one of these guys and apparently also turned down finnick in hunger games wow okay no that's got a bit of respect there it's interesting as, as to why, um, but yeah, he he kind of came on to, I suppose, it's an interesting one. I love Tron Legacy. I'm about to be a person big fan. You're a big fan. who does, um, mainly because of the soundtrack, but I just think it looks really cool. Yes, the plot's not stellar, and yes, um, the Jeff Bridges face stuff's not good, but I like <laughs> everything outside of that, I think it's... Like, I think it's a bit like tomorrow. I go in half of Tomorrowland as well, actually. And I think both of them tried to just do something. They don't feel like Marvel movies. They don't feel like cookie cutter. And yeah, okay. It's a bit like you. It's actually quite a you thing in that, like, oh, yeah, they've given them, they've swung. They've tried to do something a bit fun and a bit different. And I like both They've both not, not quite worked that well, but they both, it doesn't feel like you're just watching Ant Man 17. Well, exactly. No, they're, they're, they're both very interesting films. Um, but yeah, they're my two. What do you think about those two? No, actually, um, I think that's uh, very good examples um, because it was kind of similar to what my second choice was going to be. And this type is someone I call 
it's just the wrong moment for them. Mm-hmm. Like they're talented, but they pick that blockbuster, and that blockbuster doesn't end up being a blockbuster. And so my example is going to be Brandon Ruth. Ah, he's um, on my list actually. He's not. Yeah, he's one of mine. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> but you go for it. Go for it. Uh, but the thing about Brandon Ruth is that he is perfectly talented. We've seen him in things after Superman Returns, where he Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim, where he shows he can be really funny, and he's been in the um, DC television universe where he's been very charming and and. But it was a strange thing because they made uh, Superman Returns, which was so expensive, something like 260 million back yeah, in 2006. One of the films of all yeah, time. Because now that doesn't it? sound kind of crazy, but in 2006, that's, that's bonkers well, that's money. Like 350 million. Yeah, exactly. Now. And Superman's never been kind of hugely profitable. But worst decision is that Brian Singer, the director, chose to make it like a canonical like superman 3 so he's essentially playing christopher reeve mm. and he does look a lot like christopher reeve i mean he's got I think people very just make, similar facial structure that's why he was high because it was christopher reeve there's nothing to do with acting about well exactly but it isn't his fault it's the script is that they, they he's playing christopher reeve the smile the twinkle the saving a cat from the tree it, the superman one ends with him looking directly into the camera and smiling and they go okay brandon you're going to play, be playing christopher reeve not superman christopher reeve but you're not allowed to smile your superman is moody you're a moody christopher reeve so you take away everything about Christopher Reeve that makes him interesting and go, you're not allowed to do the interesting things. You have to be sullen, moody, frown. Like, what are you doing to this poor boy? And then, of course, the film flopped anyway. And it's just an example of someone who's a perfectly nice guy. He's, he didn't assault anyone that we know of. Um, he seems to get on with people very well. He seems personable. All the stars should have aligned for him as they should have done for Garrett Hedlund, as they should have done maybe less so for Sam Worthington because he's a bit blank. But still, he's a nice guy, and usually nice guys do okay yeah, they once they get their foot in the door. A chunk of movie. It's a bit like uh, until Deadpool and oh, uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds yeah. Ryan Reynolds, they just kept giving him movies. Yeah, and exactly. They he must people just really must like hanging around with him on yeah, set. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's nothing wrong with these guys. They seem like perfectly affable guys. It's just the stars do not align at a point when the stars should align and he appears in the flop movie and a lot of the blame gets put on his shoulders quite unfairly i feel especially in, in retrospect uh, because he is really funny in scott pilgrim looks like somebody wants to get funky i think i mean let's be honest the the, the issue with that movie is the direction it's just really bland it is and it's, it's very very bland like nothing really i mean the only thing ironically that works in it's kevin spacey um who's allowed to be a bit camp and silly and, yeah. and like he he screams like wrong which became a meme um yeah and maybe he was allowed to do that because him and brian singer were besties because they're both scumbags yeah because <laughs> they're both rapists yeah alleged allegedly allegedly, allegedly. and proven not in court in yeah. the case of whatever <laughs> We don't want to get sued here. Yeah, okay. But basically, they were rapists. Um, um, yeah. yeah, and so it, like he's the only one on the right tone for what this movie should have been. We should have. I wanted to see a Superman who smiles at the camera and all that kind of stuff, and he could have done it, but he wasn't allowed to do it. And no. it's just one of those cases. Sometimes the stars don't align for someone. They're perfectly lovely people. Yeah, fair enough. Um, someone else for my as mine. This is slightly different. Slightly. Because of controversy, slightly because of, um, I think, saying some bad things about royalty in oh dear. Inter- interviews. Mini Driver. Oh, yeah, she's great. Um, she had the world at her feet. Um, yeah, Oscar nominated for Oscar nominated, Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. And then 
and I don't know if there was other things already happening behind the scenes, but really like dragged on, I think it was Helen Mirren in an interview. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> what did she in say? In 2002. I actually don't know. Let's, can I find it? Let's see if we can find it. But anyway, um, and then her career seemed to hit a, hit a bump, shall we say. So you've got like uh 1995 golden eye then you've got she's funny in that too. 1996 sleepers 97 gross point blank and goodwill hunting um it's three movies but not not so exciting in 1998 1999 tarzan an ideal husband princess mononoke doing a voice did a lot of voice acting at this point uh 2000 slow burn beautiful return to me and then kind of movies you haven't heard of until 2004 phantom of the opera i suppose and um, by that point it's a it's a comedy kind of side role it's not it's yeah. not the main role anymore uh and then there's not a huge amount else and the, the secondary issue you, you have is um hollywood sexism because they consider like you can be a romantic lead into your 40s and 50s if you're a guy mm -hmm. like uh, george clooney with his salt and pepper hair but if you know if you're a woman your romantic career or your action career or your comedy career you're like you're not getting lead roles in your 40s you're playing mums I, I can't remember who it was but she said um uh, uh, there was an actress who once said on the day oh no, it was carrie ann moss she said on the day that she turned 40 she got the first offer to play a grandma and so that's a part of the part oh, problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's also the problem, I think, um, I'm not sure if she directly had any um, anything to do with uh, Harvey Weinstein, if she was one of the people um, that he abused. But of course, Miramax uh, did produce Goodwill Hunting, so it is possible she was, and she dated Matt Damon, who was one of the boys that mm. uh, Harvey Weinstein slightly protected. So that there could have been some like, I've got to get out of this fucking place can't be in this horrible Hollywood cesspit anymore. She did still manage to get some TV roles afterwards, um, but nothing really seemed to stick. I remember um, The Riches with Eddie Izzard being a big like, I remember. Thing. I think she got a Golden Globe nomination. Yeah, and only, but I think it only got two, maybe three seasons. Yeah, I think it did get two seasons. Which is, um, slightly disappointing. Um, but yeah, I remember that being a, you know, quite a big one. Um, but she's great. I really like Minnie Driver. I, do. I, I did wonder I mean, where she went. Especially that kind of like that mid 90s period like you couldn't throw a a ball of some and i'm not sure what without is, her, like hitting a really good mini drive yeah, exactly and i'm not sure what she said about helen mirren or the queen but not the queen queen i was the was queen calling helen mirren the queen. The, yeah but um there is a we do have a strange thing with royalty in our movie where we're quite uncritical about them so maybe maybe her comments were more innocent but you know find out. you know how the british press can be like this person slams the great masterpiece of British cinema. What is the Queen? What she did, like, and it might no, have just. Actually, it wasn't actually the film. It was like, oh no, it was Judy Dench. She, she. I was just saying, oh, really? a Queen of cinema. Oh, a Queen. I see, a Queen. I see. Uh, she described Dame Judy Dench as very small, round, and middle-aged. British-born <laughs> Minnie Driver made her remarks in an interview with Los Angeles newspaper. In England, with all due respect, we have some of the uh, plainest actresses in the entire world as our greatest. Um, well, maybe that was a bit wrong-footed. <laughs> maybe it's because theatre is the great love of England, but you have Judy Dench, a very small, round, middle-aged, lovely, mothering type, playing Cleopatra. Mini Driver 31, who lost a huge amount of weight after moving to America seven years ago, uh, can be now, relied upon to win. Now, was that comment necessary? I hate it when articles do that. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, it's, this is on the Daily Mail. So. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. They also, I sent to the bit where it said the bitchy comment because I feel that's yeah, quite God. way of I fucking, it. I fucking hate these the Daily Mail, these newspapers. So but anyway, the, I mean, that wasn't the greatest comment. It wasn't probably. the greatest comment, but still, I mean, it's it, as controversies go, that's pretty mild. Yeah, it's not career ending, is yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Kind of, I'm not saying it ended her completely. No, but completely, it really, but it definitely it's seemed to, the trajectory of her career suddenly took a downward yeah, it, it certainly turn. didn't help. Um. And it probably, well, it's probably the one of those things. She probably said it like an award ceremony after three drinks, and she didn't mean it to be quite as bitchy as it sounded. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, sorry I'm sure she didn't kind of run up to a journalist and say, "Now let me dish you the fucking dirt on British actresses." Yeah, they're all round and middle aged, yeah. unlike me in America. Yeah, I'm sure that's not what happened. I'm sure she was asked a question and went. Someone said, "What's the difference?" Well, you know, it's because they're all a bit theatery and they're a bit older, so they're a bit. Yeah, anyway. And we do rely on lovies a bit. I mean, I sometimes do wonder if a lot of the quote-unquote greatest actors of all time from England really are the greatest actors or if they're just very, very posh. Well, that's a whole other argument with all these, uh, you know, this... Uh, the Benedict Cumberpatches and things of the world. Yeah, exactly. Very... uh, We we do like a type and we always have. Yeah. It's not... uh, Is it Rada? Rada and and a lot of those. Yeah, that kind of thing. Anyway... Uh, we, we digress. But yes, so uh, Mini Driver uh, is, is, is my next one. Uh, nice. What about yours? So my third one is I, I wanted to pick a sort of more happy ending um, sort of kind of umbrella. And my example of that would be someone like Jay Baruchel, mm-hmm. who is someone who had a period in Hollywood. He was a supporting role in Judd Apatow movies when they were at their hottest. Uh, he was one of those boys, one of that ilk. And then off the back of that, being a sort of young man who's attractive um, in a sort of geeky way at a time when that was like uh, Michael Sarah and Justin Long, um, both of whom actually could be good examples of this too, um, were given a few blockbuster roles and then they turned out not to be blockbuster roles. Like uh, I'm thinking of uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which was attempt to do an urban um, Harry Potter in, in New York. And uh, he was in She's Out of My League and attempted a romantic comedy. On paper, those kind of look right. Geeky guys are hot. He's Judd Apto, so he's got that kind of thing going for him. And then the movies just sort of, they weren't the big blockbusters, but... It's more to do with the fact that he probably could have stuck around even with those flops because people like him. And he does occasionally pop up in a Hollywood thing, but he, he's someone who's very comfortable doing stuff in Toronto, Canadian films that are a little bit more personal, a little bit stranger. So I wanted to pick a happy example of someone who sort of withdrew himself I, rather I was than... Say, I always got the feeling he turned some bigger roles yeah. down and things. I think he kind of had that taste in Hollywood and maybe made enough money that he was like a bit like Jesse Eisenberg where he went you know what I'm just going to hang out in my apartment and adopt lots of cats <laughs> yeah. and obviously Jesse Eisenberg still pops up in quite a few things Oh he does. But yeah. like he doesn't just go uh, you know, he's not Sam Jackson. He doesn't try and squeeze seven movies in a year and yes. just take anything. His... And Jay Baruchel has done... I'll do it. I'll um, do it. He, it was in Stuber, which was a Netflix thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he's still around, but he's not nearly as interested as being... Stuber? I thought that's... Um... Oh, sorry, not Stuber. Sorry. Uh, there was a Arnold Schwarzenegger TV show where he's an unassuming dad, but what's this? Is he a private detective? And then it's... No, I never saw that. Uh, uh, Stuber's um, that's, Dave um, Bautista. It and... is Dave Bautista. I, I, I mixed them up, but it's... Um, I think it might be something like um, Gunter or, you know, it's a, it's a name, the name of the Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. But uh, 
he seems far more interested. He wrote the Goon movies, and I think he directed the second one. Mm. And um, he, of course, appeared in most recently Blackberry. Um, Blackberry. Uh, but I think it was a choice because he was at the time engaged to Alison Pill, both of whom are Canadian, and they were in uh, Canadians in Hollywood. And one of the reasons why they broke up is that she wanted to be permanently in in Hollywood, LA, yeah. and he didn't. He wanted to visit LA to do a thing here and there, but then. Um, he wanted to do, you know, stuff in Toronto and, you know, amicably they mm. split up. And actually it's very similar. Uh, another example of this is someone like Eric Banner, um, who, again, he had that period of time when he was really hot. He's one of my, he's on my, I've got, I, I, he's, he's I got put a, a very long list <laughs> um, because I knew Callum was going to steal half of them. So. <laughs> but uh, because they're, uh, they're of a type. Uh, so I'm just trying to think of others of a type because um, he's someone, again, he comes into Hollywood for like a month to do a film, but he's far more comfortable in Australia kind of doing his own thing now. And there is a type of people, uh, Ben Chaplin, who was in that sitcom, I don't, don't know if you remember, Game On in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was in The Truth About Cats and Dogs. So he, after season one, he leaves. And he, again, you know, he had a little bit of a period, but then it's like, I, I just want to do British theatre. I don't want to. With the, with the round-faced, um, plain, middle-aged uh, Judy Dench, I don't want to do... Um, um, you know, these Hollywood it, films anymore. It happens a lot with British and Canadian actors. I think they go... I think you have to be a very particular person to like to like living in yes. Hollywood and like that kind of... And for like doing it for a long period of... Like, it's one of those things, but maybe when you're like getting, you know, earning your chops and things and starting out, maybe it's fun and cool. But there's only so many parties you can go and smooze with arsehole producers and things like yes. that. And it is a very... And I think that's it. I think if you stop turning up at the right parties and stop chatting to the right people and networking when you're drunk and blah, 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 unless you're like super A-list... It is, a, you know, it is a bit of a struggle. Um, and I th- I can totally imagine that, you know, he made a couple of million dollars from a couple of Judd movies and then he made $100,000 an episode for Undeclared. So, in, you know, he got a season, so that's two and a bit million dollars. I, I and then, very much doubt he got $100,000 for Undeclared. It wasn't. It, it was, was a one. Show. It was a one season show. You get that seven seasons in. Hundred? No, you get a million seven seasons in on a successful show. I, I, I kind of, and especially at the time, Jay Barishal was a nobody. I doubt he got that. Maybe, well, maybe fifty thousand. No, yeah, yeah. You know, he made some money off that and whatever, and he probably made five million dollars and probably went, "I can have a really good life in Toronto with five million dollars and just occasionally top it up with something I enjoy that I can probably film down the road or do a voice role for or something." Well, yeah, and he had that um, in his back pocket, the fact that he was um, in the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Exactly. Uh, so that's, that's, that's half a million dollars. Exactly. That, that, that's a good sort of uh, like thing a co- uh, thing to fill up the coffers. <laughs> standing in a cupboard in his bedroom, probably. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they <laughs> turned that into a TV show. So I think he did something like 100 episodes of um, several Dragon TV show splits between however many shows, because they did a few spin-offs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my last person... It's Josh Hartnett. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which, I don't know why his career faded, really, unless you can think of anything I, particular. I, don't, I think I do remember reading an interview. I think it's a similar situation to Jay Baruchel, but less, I, I think I'm done here. I, I, I liked doing these Hollywood films, but I think I want to move back to Toronto. I think it was more severe anxiety. Like, he's a handsome guy, but deep down, he was a very shy, very reserved person. And he, the movies he liked doing... But what he really hated doing was the press. More the press and the fact that he didn't like the movies were kind of dressing him up to be this kind of sexy, kind of smoochy sort of guy. He just wanted to do good stuff. He didn't want to be the action hero. But of course, he was a bit too good looking 
to be anything other than the kind of co-lead of Pearl Harbor. But then I, the weird thing is, but then he had like a like a massive run, like in the last. Uh, basically, he's done a lot of. He seems recently. to be having a bit of a resurgence. He does. Yeah. Um, he recently showed up in Oppenheimer, uh, Oppenheimer which grossed nearly a billion dollars. Also, Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he has done quite a lot of TV stuff over he's the years. Done, he's done. I mean, also um, quite, I think he produces quite a lot now. I think he's quite a prolific. Producer. I think he seems to be kind of more in a happy place where he can do something like uh, oh, what's that big TV show he did? BBC America, um, Gothic kind of thing. Oh, Pete, um, Penny Dreadful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he seems to he seems to like relishing in the and Josh Hutchison. Sorry, not Josh Hutchison. Josh, Josh Hartnett. Who Josh Hutchison could be a similar one, um, similar to Rupert Grint now, like showing others and mm-hmm. Rupert Grint in M Night Shyamalan stuff and sort of nothing else. He seems to be kind of like I think this is my right level of limelight. Um, so again, I think this is another example of a happy ending where someone who kind of really didn't like the system. And wanted to kind of remove himself, but more, more in an anxious way than Jay Baruchel, who's more like, oh, okay, I think I'm done here. Yeah, I think that's that's is fair. I, I mean, I can I can totally see that. I like I I don't understand why Sam Jackson still needs to do seven movies a year. I'd be exhausted. It's addiction, I think. Yeah. There's some people who are addicted to work. Whereas I I would be like, well, I've done a TV series. It's got a hundred episodes. I've made a hundred million dollars, and I'm getting two million dollars a year for the rest of my life. I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to go and live in Thailand on a beach and eat coconuts for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, you know, that I, I, I don't under, I, well, that's probably why I'm not a billionaire. I, I don't have that kind of like, if only you like had the right have, mindset, you'd be a billionaire. I know. I'd like, I like having certain amounts of money. Um, it's handy, but I, but there's only a point. Uh, and I kind of feel like that. I think that, and that's why I'm like someone like Daniel Day Lewis. I totally get, I get like, he is, I want to be these people. I want to have like this, the, the, the greatest and he has to of all times yeah. and I'll do, you know, I'm going to do five years between roles so I can really encompass each role. Fair play to you. And I also understand like people that like Josh Harnett or, or Jay Bruchel that's like, right, get in there, make a bit of money young and then I'll just do some fun th- every couple of years, do something a bit fun and like I'll do some voices of some animated things occasionally just to, you know, top up the old pension plan. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. The, what I don't get is the people that or, or oh, like Nick Cage as well as another one, although he's broke, so that's probably why he's done it. Or or Bruce Willis the same, like where they just like, I'm just you know I've had my heyday, I've made loads of money, I've somehow spent all that money, and now I need to do all this absolute shit. It does make you think. How can you spend that kind of money? But of course, we're not in that mindset. We're not mm-hmm. in that world where suddenly. I mean, I know that a lot of these people. I read an article with one of the guys from Stranger Things. He said, "Yeah, on the surface, it sounds great. You get paid." I don't know after a few seasons a couple of millions of of dollars but I have an agent to pay I have a manager to pay I have a this to pay I've got that to pay I didn't choose that it just suddenly as soon as I got a big TV show all these people suddenly came in and I had to pay but I do actually think certainly with like Nick Cage and, and Johnny Depp's another one I think they they had dodgy business managers so. as well who like siphoned off far more of their money than they what, should have been Kevin Bacon with his EE adverts well that was tax though wasn't it but I think that was that was because it wasn't I think he so. put a load of money into to, um, the same Bernie Madoff's Bernie Madoff yes yes I think he did there's a couple of other um, celebrities that were caught in that and they like I've got 30 million dollars in the bank oh it's gone yeah <laughs> um, disappointing but yeah anyway that's another story but no I, 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 yeah I, I obviously I'm slightly differently built but no 
Oh, I, I respect that. Yes, me too. And I, I'm glad that we ended on sort of um, the nicer people who sort of are seemingly good guys in the industry that sort of withdrew themselves rather than someone who's shown the door because they're, you know, such a terrible person on mm. set and abusing people and getting into fights where some, uh, an executive finally goes, okay, your movies don't make any money. You were just in Speed Racer, mate. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, here's the door. Get out. Goodbye. We don't want you anymore. Like, Wait until next week and uh, and there's like some news article about Joe Bruchel or something. Yeah, gosh, kind of hope not. Yeah, so do I. That would be so disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> there's someone else, there was an article today and I was like, oh, well, I, I mean, can't remember who it was. But... Aaron Eckhart, I mean, well, I, I, in the, hindsight, yeah. I wasn't surprised because I did wonder, where did he go? Like, he was in The Dark Knight and then an action movie or two and then these horrible, grotty, straight-to-DVD movies shot in back end of nowhere. Oh, oh, I, I see. And if Abigail Breston saying it, who is an industry professional, she's been around since she was a child. Oh, yeah, kind of makes sense, actually. I'm, I'm actually, I mean, this is maybe a bit of a Brucey bonus one. David O. Russell seems to have disappeared, and that doesn't seem before yes. time. Like, I feel like everyone I've ever heard talk about George Clooney has only got lovely things to say about him. And I think if you can make George Clooney punch you yeah um you must be a terrible must person a you dick, must be the yeah. worst personal i have heard nothing but bad things no about and him. i've also seen that video of him talking to lily tomlinson and anyone who speaks to lily tomlinson like that get the fuck yeah. out but it's true that i mean um hollywood is immoral in a lot of ways to allow people like harvey weinstein but it does have a self-cleaning kind of um thing that happens on set if you but only if they stop making money only if they stop making money like once you stop making money if you misbehave on set then they show you the door but it is a case of what you have to be profitable but i think in most other industries in the world not all but in most other industries if you are that difficult to work with it doesn't matter how much money you're making you get shown the door you might get one extra chance than, a normal, than a, someone who's not making as much money but you get shown the door eventually like there is such a thing like as a like threshold gross, yeah whereas in hollywood it, it that seems to be maybe it's more a little money bit linked. people are very much willing to turn a blind eye yes no like, absolutely and it's like uh, the difference between colin farrell in the early 2000s they kept trying to make him a thing like um, yeah. like your man army hammer um but the difference is that apparently he's lovely yeah i've heard he's and lovely as well. it meant well, that and it, ryan reynolds until yeah exactly uh, so it got to a stage where it didn't matter how many flops there were. It may not be the leading man anymore but they're going to find a place for colin farrell because mm. why get rid of him he's so nice yeah he's just nice to have around i mean no even, one disliked him did they even your garrett headlands and your brandon ruths and people i mean they didn't go and they're not stacking shelves they're still no. in the industry it's just not as quite as a desired spot as maybe they once hoped mm -hmm. uh so you know if you're nice and you've already got your foot in the door even in a massive flop you're not going to be shown the door you might not be given the sweet spot plum roll but brandon ruth's been in uh, a syndicated television show over 70 episodes and scott pilgrim garrett headlands in tulsa king right now i mean they're not quite as plum rolls but they're around they're, mm -hmm. sti they're sticking there absolutely what about sam worthington uh, sam worthington i think he was in the new avatars i suppose he wasn't in the new like, avatars still a massive film well I'm yeah sure he still got paid a decent lick of money I, to for be honest that. i haven't heard much from sam worthington since um kind of when he, his career sort of fizzled out but i'm sure he's probably been in a religious movie or two those are the kinds of films that they give washed up actors in america no, <laughs> in true. fact i think he was he was in one of those kind of evangelical films that make 60 million in the u.s and nothing elsewhere uh, yeah the things that um, melissa joan hart seemed to build a career yeah, on exactly. post sabrina i don't think he's particularly religious or anything i think it's just eh, it's it's work they pay me 
I'm as long fine. as it's not as awful. Have you seen there's this thing now where they seem to make these like ultra right wing movies? They're like Anne Rand, yes. Anne Rand's The Fountainhead. They did try to make. They made a couple of them because the yeah. movie so the book's so big that they had to split it in like four. And they're always like they're like produced by like Lawrence Fox is in like turns up in one of them or people like right. that. I think don't think it is. I don't think it's an Anne Rand one that Lawrence Fox is no, doing. No, he but it's some plays. Kind of like right he he plays book. Hunter Biden. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to make a movie about them emails. <laughs> First, we'll make a movie about Hillary's emails, then Hunter Biden's emails, because we're cunts. Riveting cinema. <laughs> I mean, anything with Lawrence Fox. I mean, he looks like a deflated potato. Someone said he looked like a haunted knickknack. I can't remember who. Oh, someone put a picture of him and Idris Elba next to each other the other day and was like, this is what being right wing and old does yeah. to you. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> being right wing, not once, not ever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so that I think concludes our very special episode. Yes. Um, where, if someone wants to disagree with us or write things about, would people do that? Well, Callum? It's Untitled Film Podcast, and that's on Instagram. It's on Facebook, and we do have YouTube videos as well. And we do ask questions. It's kind of funny. We did this at the end now, but mm-hmm. um, we did have post a question of like. What is your basic bitch or kind of middle of the road film Twitter choice? Like everybody's got something like, you know, we might think of ourselves as having great, unique taste. But do you think the Shawshank Redemption is the second best film of all time? Do you think the Oscars are always right? Do you think the Razzies are always right too? What is your basic bitch? I have one and I think you said that you've got one. one. Uh, Mine is that I really like Tom Cruise. Yeah. I think that Tom Cruise is like the consummate action star, and I, I went through a period, and I think he he, he like became a bit un, yeah he became a bit unbearable, and his box office went down, and I think the quality of the movies he was in kind of dropped a little bit then, and I was like, oh maybe he's not that good, but then actually then he started doing getting really good directors into doing Mission Impossible's, mm-hmm. and then started doing like lots of you know doing Tropic Thunder and doing some more fun things. I'm like, you know what, I do actually really like you. I hate Scientology, I hate everything it stands for kind of really want to dislike you but still, just can't yeah i can't i actually think you're really good i think you are like the best action movie star probably ever well minus that paul thomas anderson is my absolute jam and it's so film twitter film students dorm room with a poster of magnolia up magnolia is probably in my top 10 and it's such a tom cruise movie yeah it's such, it's <laughs> such a kind of cliche choice because, you know, if you're 19 and you've watched one film and you think you're a film buff, Magnolia, Pulp Fiction, uh, American Psycho, but I can't deny it, I really do like Magnolia. I've seen it a lot and I just really, really like it. Well, you're talking to someone you watched last week at one hour long video essay into the master. So, uh, oh, cool, cool. Uh, I'm quite a P- PTA fan as well, to yeah. be fair. Um, yeah, There Will Be Blood is fucking amazing. I really like Inherent Vice as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I really like Punch Drunk Love. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I don't think. Well, it's kind of basic, I suppose. It's basic only in it's the respect. It's not as basic as Chris Nolan. Yeah, it's it's only basic in the respect that a lot of his fans. It's often like baby's first cool filmmaker. Mm. Um, not his. Well, fault, I would argue but, that's Chris Nolan, but then I also think that's people that stop. At the, they yeah, go, yeah. They yeah. go. I like films. Oh, do you? What's your favourite movie? I really like Chris Nolan. Okay, so you 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 like okay films. You're yeah. not like and all their favourite like... films are from the nineties 
only from the 90s above. Yeah. Like, they don't watch any old cinema. No, it's like, yeah, yeah, I really like that Good Will Hunting. It's yeah, exactly. a really it's good movie. It's such a masterpiece. Such a masterpiece. Shawshank Return. Uh, uh, no, um, Forrest Gump is the best film of all time. <laughs> I really like how he runs. <laughs> but I fucking hate that Jenny, I do. Yeah. Anyway. No, fair enough. Um, but yeah. That is this episode, I think. Uh, thanks very much, everybody. Yes, for thank you. And listening. thanks for indulging us in one of the more fun, kind of uh, topic-y episodes. Tell us your opinions. and We'd love to hear from you. Speak soon. Speak soon. Bye. 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 Shut up. <laughs>